Hi, my name is Vulcan. I'm a videographer and video editor, and you're listening to Ask People Podcast with Savio Arts. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savia Rox, and today I'm lucky enough to have Vulcan, who is a content producer and also a videographer, am I correct? Uh, yeah, freelance as well, yes I am. <laughs> oh, no, no, it's cool, good, no, it's perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the Us People podcast. How have you been? I've been good, and thank you for having me, by the way, as well. Oh, I've no. Been, I think, obviously, we're all, everyone's been doing this right now with all their meetings and everything. It's a bit strange. It's times, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is strange times at the moment. I think for all of us, we're learning what really being at home <laughs> is like. So a lot of people are like, I want to go back out. I can't wait to go back out. But it's funny because even when I'm at work in my other job, um, a lot of people always say to me, I wish I was at home. And now you get that chance to be at home now you want to be back at work so yeah it's the strangest thing i mean like there's always those funny memes in it because i'm a i do video editing a lot yeah. when they say like lockdown is just a person before and after lockdown it's like <laughs> i've always been in this so it doesn't really matter for me or like those other gaming video ones like before and after so it didn't really matter but i do um i do the, on the filming side of everything it's gone really like as you can say belly up in yeah. terms of production everything i mean did you hear that the baftas is going to be streams and everything yeah, it's crazy and like watching football with no crowd it's just like... and, and they're doing festivals with no crowd as well so i don't know how that's going to be because when you're at a festival it's about enjoying the crowd and enjoying the moment and be in there. So I don't know how that is when you're... Um, I guess it'll be like this, isn't it? Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's, not the, it's not the same. It's not the same. It's you, can't the same. Jump, you can't jump on your friends or say, yeah, I'm enjoying myself. It's just uh, literally, you'll be sitting down, you know, and you can't enjoy yourself the way you would that if you were there live. But so. you know what? It was, it's also like, a, it's also another thing. It's like, we should be so, so thankful that we have what we're doing now. And that is true. Oh, yeah, it, imagine true. the days of MSN. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember those. Yeah. Oh, do you remember yeah. that? Do you remember that, that, yeah. that emoji when I'm like, does that? <laughs> <laughs> I actually miss those days in a way because the, the, the nudge. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I used to nudge a lot. <laughs> yeah. Where are you? <laughs> three in the morning. Where are you? Why are you not up? <laughs> oh man. So let's get into it, Bogan. Okay. Go so for it. tell us a little bit about where you were brought up and how you grew up and also how was that how did that influence you to be a videographer and you know a content producer i, I guess it sort of i was born and raised in east london uh, i never left where i live i went to primary school here i went to secondary school here oh. i went to college here uh i studied it i did my bachelor's at greenwich and it, i guess it, it all started like um when it comes to like wanting to do videos, um, uh, I, my parents, uh, my father was always working and my mother couldn't really speak English. She was working as well. So bedtime stories wasn't really a not thing for me when I grew up. So my mum used to just put a video on every time. So I used to just Aww. watch loads of movies. So I, when I was a kid, I watched so many movies and I thought, well, this is another form of storytelling. Yeah. I learned that very early. And I always said when kids, parents it wasn't like mom, my mom had to work my dad had to work and you know me and my brothers just be like what do we do and there's no internet back then and there's no apps so we had to just watch the vhs player and that was it and so we used to go blockbusters a lot 
and then that was it really yeah so I, mean, I, just, I remember blockbusters yeah i miss it i miss that <laughs> i miss all those things i miss our price i miss blockbusters i miss yeah. all the cool so that, things so it just sort of stemmed from there really and i always wanted to learn to do like do videos and learn and then when i was like the first videos i used to the first time i ever went out and recorded something i was uh 13 years old and we used to go to this event it was a street fighter event called ranking battles and i used to record with my little crappy little hand camera and then give them the videos this is before the word esports was not a yeah. thing it was this is before this and funnily enough when i was recording it i just thought i'm just filming and playing games i'm hanging out with people older than me you know when you're younger you like to hang out with olders and play games so that was like a thing and then i weirdly enough years went by and i obviously sort of forgot about that i wanted to do wanted to i worked at when i went to study at greenwich uh did my film studies at greenwich the first ever time i went i worked on the movie set my friend tim came he's like yo yo we got i got because we were film study students we're like oh we, we've got a job we've got a, a job at this fat set because they used to film at greenwich yeah a lot i'm like yeah this is my, my this is my way into the movie industry and my first <laughs> ever it. job i was so hyped we woke up at five in the morning we got there and we shoveled horse poo because it was Pirates of the caribbean and that was my are job are you serious <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we were all like we were proper gassed in it we're like oh man this is it we're gonna... <laughs> we were so gassed in it we're like oh man, this is... we made it we made it <laughs> Oh man, it's a good but, story to tell. Yeah, but we were like, oh yeah, we made it, dude. We've we done it. But eventually, like, I sort of went away from working on movies because you don't really, you sort of, I just grew up, I didn't saw the interest in it. Yeah. So I went, and then I went to like documentaries, and then I sort of did an interest. That, you know, you want, you think you like something, but you don't really yeah. want to do it. No, that's true. Yeah. And eventually, I ended up um, working as a part time job in game. And they opened up their new gaming arenas. They're branching into a different company. Yeah. And then they said, we want someone to film content. So I was like, you can film. So I ended up doing filming again, games again. And it just sort of branched into it. And then now I get, now I work in, now I get called from like Capcom, or like people I work with Capcom, people yeah. from Namco. And the funny thing is I'm working at these huge events and these huge places. I travel a lot for my job before the lockdown. Yeah. And those guys I filmed when I was 13, I work oh. with them now. So it's been like more than oh, 10 wow. years. So, so they're like, oh, wow, connection. it's you. I'm like, yeah. And I was like, oh, we're back together again. And it was really like a bit of a circle. Like it went back to it. It was pretty cool. And so, and the people I filmed are like gamers and like professional gamers. When they were young, I still see them. And I was like, I saw you on the internet when it took me like 10 hours to download your clip. <laughs> <laughs> so would you Jim say that? you're a big gamer fan as well? Are you a big gamer yourself? Uh at the, yeah, I, I do play a lot of games myself, but then I think everyone's a gamer. I mean, nowadays, yeah, definitely. Like, That's true. I mean, if you look on the phone, everyone's playing games on their phones, like Candy Crush on the train. So everyone's a gamer now. So that her term is like, everyone's a big gamer, for, even if it's app gaming or mobile gaming or PC gaming. That's like the extreme one. So I think, yeah, I mean, you, what game do you play on the train? You play something. <laughs> You're going to laugh. Yeah, I play golf on the train. You play golf? Yeah, I play golf on the train. You look like, you look like you're playing golf. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine, like, do you, do you, like, do you, like, talk, psych, like, psych secretly in your head, like, quietly, like, and then Savio's going to put the ball? <laughs> oh, good. Do you do that? Do you yeah, do that? <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, come on, this can be a birdie. Come on. Come, come on. on, come on. Pull it back. Tap. Pull it back. Pull it back. <laughs> and you know yeah. when the arrow is going like this across your screen yeah. and you have to get it on perfect 
if I if I get it off, I'm like, oh, and then people will start looking at me like, what's she doing? Yeah, like, I, I really, I really get into it. Yeah, yeah, I've missed lots of train stops before when I was playing a game on my phone. I'm like, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all done that because we're so passionately into what we're doing, we forget what's naturally around us. And in a way, that's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing, especially with this whole, like, you know, I'm hearing so many people do stuff, you know, in this lockdown, don't get me wrong, it's really messed up the event industry. Everyone adapted for that. In terms of uh, camera operators or videographers myself, I had to learn a new trade, which was um, broadcasting from home and filming from home. And I and I learned some I learned some really new things. And I mean, like, everyone out there has learned something new to maybe enhance their career or enhance their skill level. Or maybe just wanted to learn how to paint or something or sew. I mean, you're seeing all this cool stuff that people are learning. And I that's, I guess, nice. some sort of outcome to being locked down. But, I mean, it's a serious issue and people should really take it seriously. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> really. I, think, I think there was an incident where a lot of people were going outside. And because it's a hot day, like now it's a beautiful day outside. Oh, my gosh, it's such a beautiful day outside. And um, although I'm fortunate, fortunate enough to be able to do the podcast with so many different people from so many different backgrounds, it's apparently the police have been going outside. And they're saying that they couldn't stop everyone <laughs> because everyone is outside sunbathing and everything. And they can't stop everyone because only two of them or four of them. And there's hundreds of people outside wanting to be outside. So it's really hard at the moment for people to want to stay inside. But then again, I think that people need to look out for other people's safety as well because of what's going on. Yeah, it's absolutely like it's like at first i'm not gonna lie at first when i this when i was getting my events job cancelled one minute i was gonna go to poland that got cancelled then in germany and then i was like getting angry i was thinking no it's not we should people should just do this and that but then you when it, i was i was naive as well at the beginning of this i'm not gonna lie i, I was like, oh it's probably just a cold and it was just media scaring people and then when you saw the the tolls and then the italy and spain i was like well this needs to be taken seriously yeah. and it's sad that i was like but it's an eye-opener and maybe thank goodness that these these events were closed i mean you know you will joke will cracking jokes about like notifications of like book your flights for dubai and i was like oh wow i was meant to be in jordan right now yeah yeah <laughs> <see>. <laughs> oh, i was meant to be here but yeah. you know it's always, but, but in the end it's Everyone just needs to make sure that they stay safe and keep healthy and, you know, keep the distance. And what we're doing now, I mean, I'm sure during lockdown, we probably not had this conversation. Yeah, no, that's true. Imagine that's yeah, it, isn't that's it? Yeah, that's true. It's really true. I actually, it's weird in a way because I believe that everything happens for a reason. Mm. And, and we do things for a reason and everything that's going on is most probably for a reason in its own, its own aspect of things. But yeah, no, it does make a lot of sense. Yeah it's the craziest thing like um i do um right now i'm part-time video editor for a uh, website called huddle.gg it's an esports community website where they get streamers you know streamers that have like the most epic moments or funny moments and they feed it towards us and we're yeah. community we're going to start doing podcasts as well and this oh, cool. whole it's a bedroom business initially yeah. and it's only started because my manager who i used to be my manager my boss who, the founder of it would uh, craig wood it craig wood used to be my manager in game oh, okay. uh, yes uh, and then he came up to me and said, i'm gonna start this whole thing do you want to be on it i was like yeah sure i'll be the video editor and then now we've, we've got about i think we've got about 10 or 11 people working for us now oh, wow. a full rest, and we've only got a, like loads of traction and we've gone live like two weeks ago maybe 
two and a half and yeah. we're getting loads of followers and people and this would have never happened if Again, we wasn't if, on lockdown you know because everyone would have been like you know that thing when they're like oh i want to start this but i'm too busy with work yeah. i'm too busy with this well there's no excuse you, you're at home you're, you're at home you're stuck <laughs> in this room you're stuck in this room there's no excuse isn't it and so that's that like true. the sort of you know the silver lining of it but again it's like it's again like it keeps everyone busy and sane i mean it's just like it's it keeps like before this like i'm i'm, I'm someone that needs routine i need a schedule you know i have i wake up have myself a cup of tea take my dog out for a pee and then come back he gives me the look like hey let's go out <laughs> you know and then sit down and at the end and of the day relaxed. six o'clock you do something else yeah it's like my schedule i'm sure your personal schedule yeah well. i'm very much a schedule i have to keep to a schedule like uh, normally i do about sometimes seven eight podcasts a day you have to put an hour and a half between each one and you also have to think of technical faults plus i work as well so it's you have to be able to balance everything and it's hard because time goes so fast and you never know what's going to happen during that time so yeah. it's, it's I mean, nice to have a routine and a schedule I mean, it just feels like yesterday when Boss did that first lockdown announcement. Yeah. Do, you remember when people, do you remember people were buying yeah. like five bags of dirt and then you know you could people were like toilet rolls? You know, I mean, uh, I just can't believe like you know that it just felt like yesterday. But now we're getting to it's lightening up. Maybe we can sort of go to the park now. Yeah. You know, people Which are not nice. being, people are keeping their distance. We have new set of rules. We've sort of prepared, and we should all be so thankful that with England, the London, the UK in general wasn't like heavy hit and serious lockdown yeah. like other countries near you and we should be fortunate enough that the police could have we have the luxury of going out yeah <laughs> and, do you yeah, think it's too it? do you think it's too early for people to to be going out or do you think that it's okay now for the lockdown to ease us i think uh people to parks maybe i don't know i'm not a prof- i'm not a health professional but i mean in terms of like for my sake yeah, like just from for your work, point work, of view. filming in events or production work or like BAFTAs or football thing, that's too early days I think because how can because where they're going to they're going to put a wall where you sit down in one chair but you can't sit on two chairs who's yeah. going to get let in how do you pick and choose that yeah. people got to be outside writing they're like I want to go I pay ticket it's like no there's only a certain yeah amount. no that makes sense that makes total sense that's no that's another thing as well and like event jobs the ones that i do i mean i've got i have i was like i thought maybe i went from like filming high esports events to okay i'll just do private events like weddings and ceremonies and whatever and then they start getting cancelled and then and then you see like it was like a real domino effect i must say yeah. it's so it's hard for i've spoken to so many freelancers over these past couple of weeks and each one of it each one of them have said something similar by mm. saying that, you know, all my events have been cancelled. I thought it would just be one or two. I didn't realise how extreme it was going to get. And so many people have lost so much money. And, and this is people's living. This is people's lives. Yeah. You know? it, it, the, the, fact, the sad thing was like, this was the year for me where I was usually always getting by. I used was all sort of just getting by, but this was the year for me personally. And I'm sure there's people out there, are freelancers or people that self own businesses, that was the year was gonna be like that was the year where I made a profit. You know that you know when yeah, people put that, that one dollar on a yeah. wall they frame it. Or like this was the year. Like, oh my god, I'm gonna be able to start saving. I'm gonna be able to travel and pay back some people or whatever, or pay back some debit cards. And all of a sudden, it went from that to you know like get the change machine out, you know, start scrapping again. And you know, or yeah. like it wasn't like. And I had client personal clients where they were PT trainers. I have a lot of personal trainers where I mess and make content videos for them. Yeah. I think I'll just go to that as well. But then they started losing their clients because they're not allowed to go to the gym anymore. Yeah. You see, it's, and then they started losing. And then it was like, oh my God, it's such a 
it was just whirlwind for everyone and not just for camera operators or video editors but like everyone like you know people that work in construction who i think key workers but then again though i mean oh they're fine they're working but they were going out during the peak of all this as well yeah they were like, I think, I, I think I'm one of those people because I'm classed as an essential worker. So therefore I help key workers. So it's one of those things where it's dangerous because I don't want to go on a train. So I drive into work. But at the same time, I have to be um, cautious when I'm at work still because yeah. I'm helping key workers. Yeah, it's just great because you like, oh, there's some people still working, but those people don't, don't want to work, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've got friends that work in a bank and he had to go to the bank where there was no one in there, but he still had to go yeah. because he's a bank. <laughs> he's yeah. Because he had to go in there. He just went there and was like, no one. He opened yeah. up and closed it and it was like, no one. It was like, but you have to do it. Cause you have to do it. Yeah, because you're, yeah, no, I get it. But other than that, let's move on. Let's move on to yeah. you, honey. Let's move on. So. Yeah, Tell me a bit about what's the difference between a videographer and a content producer. Because well, I, know video, they have different... I guess videographer is mainly focusing. Of the t I mean, when you're a video person, videographer, you got to do video editing as well. And it's a bit of everything, realistic. You know, you know, when I went to college, people were like, I want to be the director, I want to be the video editor, I want to be the camera guy, or, uh, camera operator, sorry, um, the lighting operator. But when you're a videographer, you got to do all of that. So realistic, I mean, like, you got to do everything. And even what you're doing now, I'm sure you were thinking about, oh, I've got to get the mic set, I've got to do the sound, got to get the audio right, got to get the lights. So everyone knows. So I think that that term videographer is not loosely used. It's more like when you're a videographer, you need to just can't say, I'm a camera, I'm a camera operator. Yeah. No, you got to do everything. Yeah, no, you got to learn something as well from that. And so, like, imagine, like, when people hire me, they said, imagine you just hire me to be the, a camera operator, but you wanted to edit the video. I go, I don't do that well you're limiting yourself so in terms of videographer is your sense of it's very production based and it's very hands-on everything like whenever all the videos i've done for my clients it's everything i do myself i have my own studio i have my own lighting equipment I have everything that can fit into one suitcase and you can travel with that's pretty much it and it's under 20 kg yeah. because when it's over 20 kg it costs like 200 quid on the plane about it. right right now <laughs> <laughs> right now <laughs> just putting them out there just putting them out. <laughs> no but all airlines all airlines do that like, i mean because there's a weight limit of course so that's usually my motto carry everything in one suitcase and it's under 20 kg and you're set to go to go anywhere yeah. in the world you can get called up tomorrow and say hey i need you to go to um, you know i need to go to dublin can you do that tomorrow can you come next week can you come there tomorrow yeah cool i'll just go and play and go and then just wheel it and you don't have to worry about that bag for you just put in your rucksack yeah so that's usually that the model cool. for me and in terms of content producer content producer really is like grabbing existing content that you haven't filmed okay so ideally um anything that people pitch towards you or you find online so like something like lab bible they don't go out and you know lab bible and like, yeah, the video, yeah. Yeah, lab bible for instance I, yeah. let's use them as an example they don't some of their most of their content is not them not filming it it's people pushing it to them say hey this is my dog doing the backflip and then they write something and they, that's a content producer that's what they're okay. finding now they've oh they pitch towards that or they get researchers or people looking for them and then you just do the box and you do the graphics and that's initially what you did but you can also create promotional videos for that so you, and that's usually what it is it's really it's more of a very creative aspect on the fact that you need to tell a story based on what that story is telling you yeah that makes sense. yeah yeah so that makes sense. yeah 
makes so it's a bit more creative as well. And I learned to do that when I worked at, um, I worked at, uh, with uh, my, one of my office space jobs, it was a, a video, it was a video editor, but it got changed to the video content producer. I went, I worked at Netmoms and I was, uh, making videos about, you know, I was getting sent. I started off with just, uh, making like top five things you shouldn't do eating when you're on, on like, that's like all that top five it was very women's based and children's based content and it was very strange but it was good fun though and i loved the crew i worked with but eventually i ended up looking for content because you know you know if you steal something on instagram and you you pitched to them like hey i like your video i work for this website um it would be great if we can use your content and we'll credit you like at the bottom and everyone always says yes because everyone wants it's fun it's why yeah. if you put it, if you posted it on your social then you want people to see it yeah of course of course no that makes total sense tell us about the process of of making a video and how it is from start to finish because you have obviously a client will come to you and say hey we want a video and we have this spec for you maybe every i know every videographer is different but tell us um, about the process of start to finish of how it works for you i guess for me uh one of the main things if i get whenever i get people asking me for is what it's not usually, I don't usually, I tend to ask for the budget at the end okay. of the conversation. Yeah. So don't go straight into it. Do you have a budget? It's like, usually I have to see what they want to say. And then realistically, you tell them the realization of it. So example, um, I made a in-house promotional video for JLL in Canary Wolf. It's one of my regular clients. Uh, they're great people there. And the second, they have like a big event every year and they want to make a comedy sketch out of the in-house jokes. And um, I always tell them, okay, so what do you want to do this year? And they say, I want to do this. I want to do that. And then you have to then tell them the realization of your of what you can do and what the expectations are. So one of them said, yeah, I want to um, get a drone shot around Canary Wharf. I'm like, well, okay, uh, you can't do that because you're not allowed to fly drones. Yeah, you're not allowed, yeah. But, but as someone, I don't want to lose that person because they might get something. You didn't ask them. But we can get um, royalty-free videos of stock footage which yeah. or websites that you line up. And of Canary Wharf, which is perfectly legal because you're a member of the, if you've got, if you're paper the subscription of like, you know, like Starter Shock or yeah. right, you could use that and it's in-house so then you just say okay we'll just use that and then they will say okay i want to do like filming outside of the our building at jp morgan and i'm like okay we can't film in canary wolf because it's you can't put ground there and it's oh what about in the taxi is that well then you're gonna have to pay the taxi guy to go around and the black cab driver might not want to do that so you have to sort of swindle in a different way but then you give your creative idea because they want to do like a music sequence and i said well maybe you just do it in the lift or somewhere else so you still got to be quite creative with their idea so don't just say like no you can't do that or don't say yes and then you can't do it yeah i think a lot of people say yes and don't realize what they're getting themselves into yeah so I think that's, that's, one, of that's one of the that's one of the things like you just got to be honest with them and tell them and if you're experienced enough as well like i've made that mistake with my first client i said yes 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 and then we just couldn't film that day and it was like well this is your fault and it's because it's your video you should know these things and you should know your level of like, uh, expectations and so yeah and so that's usually how what they always with clients they always ask me something and yeah and then most of these clients i have um have great views of like of london or the top tower and again you could sort of use that to your advantage and say take pic- you maybe do a visit to them personal once a lot of times it's just like this we meet up and through and I say, i'll come to your office and we see what it looks like or where do you want to film and have a look that's usually another 
rule of mine is the person wants to film here and they have permission. I said, like, okay, I want to go there and have a look, do a little recce. And then yeah. you look and it's like, mm, nice. what you want won't work here. Okay. So it's just, it's just giving your, your client that understanding of what's real and what yeah. is not real. No, that makes yeah, total absolutely. sense. And you just got to be honest with them sometimes and just say like, no, that won't work. Or I personally think this will do this way. But if they still want to go through with it, then you let them go through with it. But then during shoot, you sort of say like, okay, cool. Can we do it the other way for just a second, please? Yeah. And then you do you it. Show and them. then sometimes they're like, yeah, it worked better that way. And it's like, cool. Have you ever had demanding clients? Like, even though you say, let's do it this way, they're stuck on a certain way or demanding Abs- clients. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's people, that's someone's vision. That's the that's what they want. And that's yeah. their vision. That's their idea. And you know what? Some people are set down by that and you have to respect that. But in terms of the practicality of it is like, if it's practical, if you can actually do it and, they really, and you advise them that it won't look what, what you think it would look like, but then you tell them before you do it and you, then they see, I see what you meant, which is why you sort of, while you're filming, just say you, as a backup, you do what you want to do as well. And then they say, remember when I said I did that bit, this is what it would look like. And then they, most of the time they say, yeah, you're right. But don't if they want, if they're very set down by, I've had clients like that and yeah, yeah absolutely. You got to respect them. That's your client. They're the ones no, paying. That's fair enough. Yeah. They're paying for the service, I suppose. So. They're paying for the, yeah. No, that makes total sense. What inspires you, Vulcan? What inspires you to do filming and be a videographer? Because it's not an easy job by any means. Uh, I think, honestly, what inspires me a lot um, is I tr- when, when I, I sometimes whenever I'm losing creative, um, the creative like, buzz or the drive. I was going to ask you that one too. Because like, yeah. it is sometimes, it is a proper like it is a proper like drought like craft just to be like oh god i just why am i doing this i just have a like a nine-to-five job or well, i'm always stressing i'm always like i need to look for clients i'm ne- you're always working seven days a week there's no day off there's no day off you're always on a sunday i'm getting calls from people and i'm like hello like uh like blah 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 and it's like you shouldn't be doing that but as someone that's self-employed and to drive the creativity i always have a i used to, i like to um it's very uh we just say pretentious, but I like to go to the cinema on my own. No, that's not a bad movie. thing. Yeah, yeah. And I go, I go on a weekday in the night because everyone's meant to go to bed and go to yeah. a normal job. Yeah, no, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a good way of thinking it. I go to the cinema on my own. Yeah, oh. like my friend. Some of them, I think I walked into one of my friend group of my friends going to one film, and I was like, I'm gonna watch this one on my own. And they absolutely, and then I sit at the pub afterwards. But that's, that's what I do, enough. and I really. Yeah. I take it in and I turn off my phone. I don't look at my phone, I turn it off, and I just really just sit there and I think, yeah, this is a good movie. It could be any movie. I don't care. And most of the time, I don't watch trailers as well. Yeah. I don't do you watch, feel, do you I don't feel like trailers ruin a, a movie from your point of view? Yeah, I think they I do. So. But you, I see the reason for them. Yeah. But they need to have that. And there's some people out there that just enjoy it. I watch a movie because I just really love how it's made like when i watch a movie it's not like it's the story and everything but i also love it like how did they film that yeah. how did they do it oh they must have done it that oh they must have done it this way and in my mind i'm like this is powering part of my creativity and in my brain and i'm like yeah i want to do something like that i like that shot so the move the last movie i watched uh in the cinemas on my own was 1917 yeah and uh i had the cinema to myself i was the only one there <sighs> which is yeah, That's I felt like cool. a big shot. That's I felt like cool. a big shot. You should see my Instagram story. I was <laughs> like, yeah, I booked that for myself. <laughs> yeah. But it was, it was like, 
yeah, I turned off my phone and I sat down. I had this symptom. And it was just like, how did they make this incredible movie? Uh, and, then, and then you just end up, this is just incredible. And it really just made you feel like I'm part of this sort of area that process of filming and editing and yeah. i'm so proud of it and i'm so like it's been maybe one day i could do something similar maybe not who knows but i'm just happy to be there and that really flows the creative producers yeah. that's it so, yeah. tell me a little bit about the business side of being a videographer i remember i know we spoke a little bit about you know how to do things and whatnot but what about and you're working seven days a week but how is it business-wise for you how do you do everything you do and be able to still do the accounts and and you know make sure everything's done on time written on time everything's scheduled on time how is the business side of it compared to the creative side of it that is the, that is a part that you have to be really the, i guess will be the business side like so for instance like income and taxes yeah. uh, i guess the best thing you can do is um get a friend that's an accountant that's my <laughs> <laughs> that's that's that that's the that's that side <laughs> get a friend that's an accountant that can help you because i'm terrible with numbers and so i'd be like this is my invoices and outvoices help me out there and then so spend the day once a month spend the day doing that with your friend or someone you know or get an account if you don't know how to do it just get an account no that's fair <laughs> that's if you can't i ain't gonna lie to you i'm not gonna be like yeah i'm a math whiz i'm like no i just got a friend i think I've every creative friends. person has said that to me so far i think every creative person who i've spoken to in a podcast says to me get an accountant or get a friend who knows numbers because we as creative people sometimes well our head is so far in the creative side of things that we forget um to do our what's most important sometimes and, yeah, and that's yes. the numbers so in terms of like management size of i ha i mean personally what i do i color coordinate everything so that's a good thing i color code every file in my room so that i mean towards over there and it's like it's color coordinated based on what client is and what color it is because i've got dyslexia so i sometimes i see things better with color so i me. just see that yeah. okay so if i get a call from a tattoo artist that i know i'm like oh that's pink i know who he is and then and then I always ask my clients as well, what's your favorite color, by the way? And they're like, why? I'm like, oh, so I can file you. Yeah. No, that makes and they're sense. like, okay, they say purple. I'm like, okay, purple is your color now. So then whenever they call me, I'll oh, let me get your file out. See, or that's like, cool. On my phone. It looks, so I know what's going I'm on. I'm glad I'm not the only one who does that because I do everything in colors as well. When I'm writing, I write everything in colors and coordination of colors. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's what I do as well. Whenever I did my, when I did my master's, it was all color coordinated. So it's all like. Oh, cool. See, that's cool. Yeah. It's, fair. it's just so you can see it but it's just how i work i'm sure other people do other things yeah. as well but that's being organized is a crucial part of working being a freelancer it's i mean i the, the level of success i have now i've learned from the failures of before so when i first tried to be a full-time freelancer i absolutely tanked i didn't have a website that's how bad i was i just had a vimeo page and Aww. i thought yeah going to be waking in those clients and then i didn't and so i learned that i need to have a website and then after that i had a website but then so that the second wave of being me being a full-time freelancer i had a website I had everything else but i wasn't organized enough i wasn't doing my accounts properly i wasn't doing my organizing properly i was mixing matching the scheduling and now the third time was the better time which was now which ironically we have this situation a lockdown but it's but again it's uh, you learn to become successful you got to fail so much and i took it to i took it to heart a lot but now i see it i'm like do you know what 
I learned so much from those times. And that's part of being working for yourself or like any job even, or like working, starting your own business, I'm sure. Yeah. Is, I'm sure there's people out there that started their businesses before and they failed so many times and then they learned from their mistakes or they learned what went wrong. I think, I think when you have a business and it doesn't go the way you planned it, it's not necessarily a bad thing like you're saying. I think it's a learning curve for all of us and I think especially some people take it really hardly and some people learn that you know what next time I'm going to do this better or next time I'm going to go take that avenue but what I also wanted to talk to you about is for the sheer fact that you were open to say that you have dyslexia how do you handle your dys? I know you talk about colors and things and how you put things in order but how do you handle dyslexia and how do people around you handle the fact that you have dyslexia well I mean I when I I mean uh I'm uh, I'm I'm 30 years old, and when I went to uh, I don't know how they teach dyslexia now, but I mean when I was in primary school, it's not what it is now, and it was actually quite wrong, I believe personally, because it really made emotionally made me embarrassed about it. Yeah, I used to feel like that I was, too. I used to be embarrassed, ashamed about it because I had to like go outside. Most of my primary school life was outside the classroom, in the corridor with the other dyslexic kids. But I'm like, why wasn't I integrated with them? So I felt quite ashamed by it when I was younger, and I never mentioned it to anyone. Even in my like when I went to when I did my um, when I did my BA, my bachelor's, that you could have got like extra time on deadlines, and I didn't want that because I was so ashamed of it. But then um, one of my friends, I told the one I worked with at the at the uh, Tim, he was so proud of it. He was like, "Yeah, I should be proud of it. Creativity, man, See? you should be so." Neat. And he made me feel like you know what, I should be as well, and that really helped me. And he was a good guy, and he's in um so I mean maybe and whenever it comes with clients uh sometimes I just say it I just say it now what does that word mean Words I don't understand I just sometimes when I'm editing a video especially if you're a video editor and you're working for a site when they're not next to you sometimes they send me like a list of things and they want and they don't paraphrase it or I can't understand it I just sometimes just say highlight there and I just highlight it in yellow and then I say I did not understand what the what was that about could you please just uh dumb it down for me or like just make it a bit more simpler for me I just have a bit of difficulty understanding and nowadays it's like yeah sure absolutely sometimes you just got to say it yeah don't understand. No, I agree just say it. it just say it some like when I have like my meetings with like the, with the website the esports community website sometimes they're asking me I want this and that I literally just sometimes just message them and say, I did not understand what you just said, dude. Can you just simply it for me? And they all understand. And they don't really need to say it, really. But I, it was a bit of a, it was a tough time for me. Like asking for help was like next to none. I never asked for help or I never admitted that I, I didn't understand. Was it that I you felt didn't... too ashamed and embarrassed that you didn't want to yeah, ask for help? Yeah, it was absolutely that. Absolutely ashamed and I was embarrassed. And to be quite honest, if if I worked with someone that then would be like, "What? Well, what don't you understand? Will you?" And then I said, "Well, I got and they didn't. I wouldn't want to work with that person again." Actually, like, why would you want to work with someone that's not understanding? I'm this, you know, you know, why would you want to do that? Sometimes, you know, when I'm reading something on the train or I can't read it and I just see a word, I really want to know what it is. The person next to me, I went, like, "What was that word, read?" And they're like, "It means that." I like that. No, I like that. I like the fact that you have the confidence now to be able to do that. Whereas before, you thought that some people feel like that. Like I was speaking to a gentleman just before you, and he said that he has dyslexia too. And he said he people used to make him feel really stupid that he oh, had yeah. dyslexia, and and it would lower his confidence level extremely. And um, I said, "How did you get back up?" He said, "My creative side brought me back up." And he says yeah. sometimes it just takes one person to lift you back up. And he said mm. that's what it was, just like you and your friend Tim. 
just yeah, to it, back up. It, it was literally like that like and he was like he just he just sort of he said it in the i remember when he said it in the you know those first day in uni yeah there's like a massive crowd of people and he went yeah i don't understand now. i've got this that's i just was, I was literally like you just admitted in front of everyone and i was like whoa i'm so jealous i was so like whoa like that's a bit of an eye-opener and i was like Maybe I don't have to be embarrassed by it. Exactly. Was, yeah. It was such a long time. I was like 22, 20, or 20, sorry, I was 20 years old when, I, when it happened. So it was 10 years ago. And ever since then, and working with clients as well, you need to have that. That was one of the second reasons why I didn't succeed of being a full time freelance. I just didn't have the confidence of going up to people and saying, I had no confidence. I used to be like, going out to people or like email hey do you want to do you want a video people won't want that and you can yeah. understand that you can actually understand why they want a camera operator and then I, now i go up to them and say hey this is me business card or when i i want obviously i'll do a little banner i'll talk and then it's just just conf- and you build a relationship based on the confidence and yeah. if the person if your client believes in you and sees your confidence then and you're being honest with them then it sort of bounces off between it and now it's like yeah, I mean, one of my clients is now going to be a potential business partner for something else we're doing. But he started, yeah, we started off with just being a client, 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 business, client to be business. Was it B to was it B to B? Was it well, B to C? Was B to C? Was it? And um, business to client. And then eventually, uh, now he's like, said, "I really like it. We end up being friends, and now we're going to start something else together. And potentially, he's going to get work, and I'm going to get work. And it's just all started because we just had this confidence. And I found that also that he has dyslexia. And he went for the same thing. And he said, like, yeah, I was a bit ashamed of mentioning it to you because when you sent me that list of stuff that you wanted, I, he didn't understand it. Yeah. But he told me, and I was like, I had my respect. I was like, oh, he probably doesn't understand it. Maybe he's got dyslexia. I don't know. Who cares? I'll, don't, I'll make it a bit more easier for him to understand. See? No, that makes total <laughs> yeah. sense. What, what, when did you get your first break in videography? How did, how did you get your first break in videography? Was it the shovel, uh, working at Pats of the Caribbean, yeah. shoveling? <laughs> no, 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 uh, that wasn't my big break. <laughs> that was, <laughs> that wasn't my big break. Uh, could you imagine that wasn't a great story if I did? Oh, um, dear. But, um, I think the first time my big break was I, uh, what I did it, um, so the game retailer store did their big grand opening of, uh, the, the new branch of business, uh, the new branch of business, and they were doing, they're no longer going to be a retail, they're going to be gaming arenas. You go there, you can play like VR games and PC gaming, and you can hire at the venue, which is absolutely amazing. It's so much fun, especially on night out with your friends. You yeah. go, uh, yeah, it's a good place, icebreaker as well. But I filmed something for them, and then, and then they had like a big event, they had a big, huge event. And it was uh, a Nintendo Switch event, and Nintendo wasn't doing ah. really well. So this was the big event. It was their f- flagship store. It was their flagship, and everything was like set to play. So it was really quite stressful. And I filmed an event. I filmed something, and I edited it within a couple of hours. Yeah. And uh, uh, and again, and then I got emails and messages saying, "Oh my God, the video's done really well." And and then from that video, I did, someone pulled me from their work at Capcom yeah. Capcom and he says look I've got a big event I saw your videos at game and do you want to come to film this event and event with us I've never filmed in front of a loud crowd before I just filmed private event like private sessions or something and then I went I said yeah sure and I ended up filming broadcasting on like oh live gosh. streams so I was broadcasting I didn't I wasn't told I was meant to be brought I thought I was just going to film but next minute they said all right when it cuts to you 12,000 people 
on your camera are going to watch the stream and then there's like 3,000 people behind me and this and I wasn't told this so I was literally like thank god I had a gimbal because I was like shaking but the camera was like staying still (laughs) 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 thank god that gimbals exist because I was shaking and I still work with those guys and they absolutely the the two guys that really gave me a shot um uh, Mark Mark and Richard Denson they gave me a shot and now they're absolutely like always hiring me and they're always calling me because they just thought you know what we see something in this guy yeah they gave me a shot they see your and potential. now I work with them and they're, they're like one of the main people as well that really get me these uh esports jobs as well a uh, visual platform as well they're called they work for them they're based in West London as well they're really good guys if you were left on a desert island by yourself you had all the food and water you needed what one film would you take with you to watch and why? Um, it will have to be uh, Gattaca. Ooh. Tell me about it, because I haven't heard of it. Go on, talk to me. Uh, Gattaca is... Gattaca is about a film about a society, a post... Uh, it's not... It's post-world future. So it's in the future with... But as if the future was in the 1950s. So it's like everything that we don't have, they have in the 1950s. So electric cars. Like, it's very, like, old-school... Uh, technoir as well and the film is about people no longer being born with this problems anymore so alcoholism uh heart failure so with if you had a kid you could genetically engineer that person to be their ideal perfect ah. but, and this person was born as naturally so there's that transition what about the people that were born normally and then the people were born like this so there's a period where these people will eventually die out but what did they do so they got given the meaningless jobs like cleaning I get it. Uh, but this one person wanted to be an astronaut and so he decided to he was born with a heart failure problem so he was going to die at the age of 30 or something but he so he, no job would want to hire him because they're like you're not genetically perfect yeah so he infiltrated them and pretended to be someone else. Okay. So he was pretending to be this genetically perfect person where realistically, he, in their eyes, he wasn't. And he swapped lives with, um, he swapped lives with someone else who was genetically perfect, but didn't want to tell anyone because he was in a horrible accident. Yeah. So he was pretending to be him. Okay. And, and the whole idea of this is like, this guy was con- constantly told that, you're not going to make it. You're not going to, the only, like he told us, there's a scene in that. He said that I want to be an astronaut. And his dad told him the only time you're ever going to be in a space shuttle is if you're going to clean it. Aww. And you see, it's really like emotional. Movie. And at the end of the movie, you know, he succeeds and a lot of emotional things. And it really touched me because it really, that's the type of movie when I get really down about uh, like with dyslexia or like get really depressed. Something, and then I watch this movie. And you know what? This is such an inspirational movie. I'm going to do this as well. And I go back to it. So I've been asked that question before. And I think if you're left on a desert island, you need some inspiration to survive. Yeah. No, that's and true. that's a good movie to watch to survive. And that's why. See, I like it. No, I like that. If you had an unlimited amount of money, so you had infinity money, right, Vulcan? So you can buy anything or do anything you want. Yeah, what would you change in the film industry or the videography industry to make it better? Protect workers' rights. Oh, I like that. Protect workers' rights. Everyone gets what they're told. Everyone gets a fair share. Everyone gets paid you know, insurance, everyone is insured something. Everyone's just like, 
even the, the even the person that makes the tea for the person that makes the coffee for the person that makes the toast for the director. I like that. They they, they get that. Sort of, they get paid a nice wage. Everyone looks after everyone. Something like that. I would like set a, like a, not a union because you know people can go on strikes and stuff. Like that. I don't know, but I'm not a businessman. But I want everyone to get paid. If if I was ever on set, I would want to make sure everyone's looked after. I'll be like, as the guy making the tea, is he all right? Yeah, is he good? Is he stressing out? Is he all right? Has he got a break? You know, I want everyone looked after properly. I understand, like, you know, working. Sometimes I work in those event jobs, the streaming jobs. Yeah. And we're working. Those jobs are not easy. Like, you have to go and build the set the day I land. So I usually wake up at five in the morning to go on a plane at seven. We land at 10 in the morning and then we have to build the set. And then after we've got to do a test. And by the time that's all done, we've only got two hours of sleep. And then we have to then start the filming, the actual stream. So that sort of stuff is part of the job. So you have to accept that. But it's also like you would think that would, people would be more like inclined to be like, oh, okay, are they well Compassion, yeah. yeah. It's and, like you they know, have no compassion. Yeah, and yes, yeah, sometimes like I'm a camera operator, I'm filming, but sometimes I have to go out and run and grab everyone's food. Oh, wow. Yeah, sometimes because the guys at the back are doing streaming. I'm like, I've got 10 minutes to grab some sandwich. And some people sometimes in the industry, it happens not just esports, it happens everywhere. Events, movies, music videos, I'm sure. Yeah, got, uh, I can imagine. Or like people are not really looked after properly sometimes. And it's just like this level of stress. And then they, you know, they're quick to, criti- they're quick to criticize. But then when you do a good job, they don't thank you. <laughs> they're just like, like <laughs> part of the job, isn't it? <laughs> Typical, isn't it? But... Oh, man. Um, talk to me a bit about the background within doing videos. Did you go to college or uni to do videography or was you self-taught? Um, I, it, um, I think it was like my father bought me a camera when I was a kid and the first thing I wanted to do was stop my ancient animation yeah. with like my old Jurassic Park toys. That's the first thing I wanted to I do. I think you it knew what really- you wanted to do since a kid. Yeah, so I just used to make my own movies at home. And then um, I went after my secondary school didn't have media studies. It was quite, it was an all boys school. It was quite a woodworks, electronics, engineering type of secondary school because it was, they didn't really force it on the, the creative side. It was more like, you got to be a craftsman, pretty much. You got to like nothing, like it was great. I learned so, that's, I learned so much from electronics. That's great. But when I went to college, I did media studies. And then from there, I learned quite a lot about how the industry works, how it sort of works and everything else. And like, you sort of get the sort of the basics of what filming is and what videography is. And then, what, and then I went, when I did my bachelor's, when I did my BA in film studies in Greenwich, that was very film-based. And that didn't actually stem any sort of, it was just something that I wanted to do, wanted to go to Greenwich. So I didn't really do it. But in that process, I was working a lot with filming online. That was my sort of baptism to filming online, like YouTube videos. And I was working, and then at work, I thought making these little sketch videos on YouTube with these people that I'd never heard of was just something that would pass. And eventually, I ended up going to like Tottenham Court Road and work at the YouTube head office. So I was like, how did this happen? And they were like, <laughs> and these, I was like, and you learn like that's that's production, and I learned a lot about production and how much stress he gets into it. And then, but I guess what really helped, I guess what really stemmed my, really boosted my creativity and like my thing is when I did my uh, my masters at Westminster, and it was um it was a bit of a title. It's film and television theory, culture industry, oh, and. Wow. 
I it's a bit of a title there. I always run out. I always run out of space. <laughs> I always run out of space. I'm like, films. Oh, bloody hell. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> you know, oh, you, you, start, you start big, but you get small. Oh, that's always happens. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, that's cool. But um, that's sort of, that film theory yeah. really filmed like it was a theory base and the lecturers there were amazing. They really pumped and they really forced you into not just reading from the books or reading from like, online or watching, really just focusing on what do you vision and what you want. And so that really helped me in the discipline of how to write a dissertation, write your own dissertation and everything. And that sort of really helped into my side of working for myself and being very quite strict on like, yeah, I got to do this. I got to do this today. Or yeah. like work with clients and color coordinating was what I learned from that. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, that's, color no, that's perfect. How do you, how would you say you push boundaries for yourself and the people that you work, work with or work around to make yourself and them better in becoming better within what they're doing and what you're doing also? I guess that's something that's still something I need to do, learn how to do. I think, I think during like, I never wanted to do like podcasting or broadcasting or streaming because I just thought there's always someone else to do that. And that's my stubbornness, I think. And I thought during this, especially what we have now, I just thought, do you know what? I'm going to learn to do this. I'm going to, this is this, this, this. And, and thankfully I had two, again, uh, Richard and Mark Denton, they were the two guys that showed me everything. And Gabriel, the guy at the crew, they're like, this is sort of this, this and that. And they showed me, and then they sort of, sort of left me on my course. All right, cool. And you, you just need to have people that really, I'm fortunate enough to have so many good people that help push me, you know, that push my boundaries. I've got good friends. I, uh, the guy at Huddle GG, Craig Wood, he again, he sort of pushed me into, I was a bit like, oh, I'm not too sure. I'm not doing it. He was like, no, nah, man, you've got to do it. Try it. Just try it. And again, just try it. And if you fail, why did you fail? You know, that's one of the things. And that was it. And I was just have, so fortunate to have good friends. That Around you. Me. Yeah, well, that that's makes such sense. an important thing to have, I think, to have good company. To have good company. Because I surrounded myself with some people that were not good company. And they were just so like, oh, yeah, don't bother them. Oh, you know, they weren't very like, if I told them I wanted to do streaming, they were just like, are you sure you want to do that? Rather than I try oh, it. that's that's not the boost you need. You need a boost to say no. You yeah. should do it, and you should try it. And try you never it. know what could happen if it's successful. You could go really far with it. Those are the people you need to push you forward. Yeah, it's so important to have the, just you know that old meme, that funny meme in it. Take yeah. a niggas energy and dash it at the wind. There's your <laughs> in the rubbish bin in it. That, there's your niggas. Villain. I love those memes. You just need to stay away from negative energy and just yeah. have people around you. And you know, oh, that's true. If, you know, that's and just true. have that energy. And some people are not fortunate enough to have that opportunity of like having good people around them maybe yeah. issues i don't know but i was fortunate enough to have such good friends and friends and family uh, members as well like to be like oh, come on just try it man just do it yeah tell me a bit about what's what's the best memory you have so far doing what you're doing at the moment if there's one memory you can pull out for me to say you know what Xavier, this is a really good memory i have from doing what i'm doing what would it be i was filming I was filming in, I remember this, I was filming in Finland and I like to sometimes, you know, to uh, to pay the bills, I used to do stock footage, just film yeah. nature shots and time yeah. lapses. And Finland, and during the winter, it was minus 30. And oh I was, so those are sort of stuff, anyone out there that, by the way, anyone listening, if you want some quick pay, stock footage is the one, just film a time lapse and you might get something out of that. That's a okay. great advice. <laughs> that is the best advice I can give you. If you need some paper, yeah, just get that quick time lapse. <laughs> so, so it was, uh, if you're, 
I would say um, it was minus 30. It was in Finland and it was like in so cold and it was snowing. I was and I was setting up my camera and all I was doing was taking a picture of a frozen lake. And I was actually on the lake. I was, on the, I was actually on the sea because the, the ground was frozen underneath me. And the only advice I got given was if you see boats, you've gone too far. <laughs> so they're like if you see boats here turn back <laughs> so, I, so i was on this i was on this water i could hear the ice crackling but it's fine it was really thick and it was minus fair and i was filming and then i just thought i'm in the middle of nowhere completely on my own on the cottage in scandinavia filming something that i might not get any money out of but I just, oh why, why would anyone do this? And I just thought, this is why I love doing this. Cause I, I take that. Care. And that's when I realized like, this is going to be my life. This is for the rest of my life. I'm going to do this. It's just, it's an, it's a, it's a drug. It's just, and, and you know, I did, that footage yeah. I got, didn't get anything out of it. Got a good Instagram post, I guess. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a great Instagram post, but I think, um, but that was it. I was like, I'm so cold alone oh. on the ice, which could crack. And I'm filming something. But who cares? This is so much fun. And it's and then two weeks later, I was in Paris filming some guys from Asia win like See? a couple of thousand euros. And I was like, this is just the weirdest job. But sometimes yeah. it takes you That's the, my, my fondest moment. And I think that's one of the best memories I have ever of my life. Yeah. I love that one. Define what success means to you in your own words. Define uh, success. Yeah. Everybody has a different a different definition of what success means to them. Like some people could mean passing a driving test. Some people could mean healing from cancer. Define what success means to you as an individual. I think it's just... It used to be how much you make. I think that's the... You know, I'm making loads of money or like I'm travelling. I think success is just... You know, you just wake up after those long days of working and then setting up and you wake up and I don't do huff and puff. I'm like, let's go. Yeah. That's, that to me, it's like, you know what? I've just worked 15 hours and I haven't even started the filming yet. Yeah. I can't wait to start. And that's for me, success. I feel like you've made it. Like, you know, you work a job and you wake up, you're like, oh, I've got to do four hours of a job. I don't, that's not, that's, that's, not, yeah. that's something you need to do to support. I've worked so many jobs where I had to support this. I mean, even now during this time, I'm doing some gardening work. I mean, who cares? Yeah, that's <laughs> Just, fair enough. Yeah. That's actually yeah, quite therapeutic in a way. Yeah. And so that to me is success. Waking up after a long day of before and then thinking... Do you know what? I still love doing this. I, I just love it. There's, just, there's not like a. I've never huffed and puffed. I mean, I've worked for. I've worked for places where I was a video editor, and I would. I was daunting. I was really like. I was anxiety was creeping in. That was, and I was making a lot of money there. And I was like really high end job, and I was like quite high. And then, but I just wasn't happy going to these things. And I just. But now, I work. And now, before it was like, yeah. It's just it wasn't the people around me at that job. They were lovely people, amazing people. It's just I just wasn't happy, and I realised that that you have just, to find your happiness somehow. Yeah, and so that was it. And I'm now what I'm doing now. Even during this lockdown, you sort of wake up, and we, again we talked about scheduling our lives, yeah. routine, and I'm so happy. I'm like, yeah, I got my day <laughs> sorted. I'm so happy, <laughs> isn't, it? It's just, isn't it? It's just what it is. It's fun. Well, what would you say to anyone out there who is who wants to become a videographer? and um just needs that kind of kick or inspiration because they haven't got it what would you say to them you um, honestly it's you've got to keep if at first you don't succeed try try again just keep trying and if you really want to do it you'll do it and you will get what you need and what yeah. you want yeah, you just that. have to keep 
trying and again it will be a thing where it's it will become an obsession maybe and if it becomes an obsession then let it become an obsession because even if you're like broke poor you've got no clients don't treat it as like i've got no clients go out and just keep keep trying and you will get it you will get that and as soon as you get that first little client that client that you know even if someone that says can you feel my kid's birthday party and i'll give you whatever that that will boost your confidence from absolutely amazing and don't let no one bring you down and like oh i filmed if you're in a room full of people and they say i filmed this i filmed that oh i was out i met brad pill whatever and and you you could hold your heart up high and say i filmed the kiss party i've got my first client who cares cares? that's your first it's your first client yeah. When you get that first client, that's when it, that's it's like that's you know that's that's the that's, that's the best one. It's the best feeling ever to get that first client, and then you're like, yeah, this is the best thing ever. Oh man! Because you you went from you get from nothing, and then you made it into something, something. and then and it's just the best thing. I'm I'm sure that's what a painter feels like. That's just someone. Yeah, definitely. I've never crafted anything in my life, but I'm sure that's what it feels like. Yeah. But at the end of it. No, that makes perfect. Welcome. Where can we find you? So, give me all your social medias. Promote yourself as much as you can now. Uh, okay. Uh, on Instagram, it's the bearded videographer. I love that. I love yeah, that. By I the couldn't way. believe. And my website again is the same. It's the beardedvideographer.com. And uh, you can catch me on Twitter as well, Volkenberg. That's my gamer tag for my email. Hey. That's my thing. <laughs> but I do promote on that as well. As well, a little, a little cheekiness. But yeah, I guess that's it. The bearded videographer. That's perfect. Vulcan, I want to thank you so much for coming on the Yes People podcast. It's been brilliant. Thank you thank for you all for the having advice. Me so much. Oh, I really enjoyed no. this. It's my first ever time being on front of the camera. You know oh, that. yeah. <laughs> well, well, actually, I tell you guys, right? So when we first started, Vulcan actually said to me, Do you want to video this? And I said, I didn't know we could. <laughs> so he's kindly enough videoed this podcast for everyone else to see. So it will actually be, Vulcan, the first video that I put out. Of the Yes People podcast. Swear down. I swear down. It I'll send you the invoice. <laughs> <laughs> you no, can no, if you no. want me to. I really don't mind. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. So it's the first actual video of the Us People podcast that we'll be putting out is actually you, which is oh wow, yeah, that's, that, that's I shouldn't have. I'm not doing it. I'm not sending it now. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely anything. And you see, that's another thing. Help each other out. That's yeah. such a thing to do. Just help each other out. Just yeah. do something. I love that. No, that's perfect. Guys, I want to thank you so much for listening to the Us People podcast. And as always, please subscribe to Spotify, iTunes, Google Play and any other platform that you prefer. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And always remember, you can donate to the Us People podcast so we can continue to speak to beautiful people like Vulcan here. And please remember, all you need to do is send um if you want to sponsor us send a sponsor to paypal.me forward slash us people podcast as always guys thank you for listening stay happy stay positive and as always continue to be kind to one another Absolutely fine. It was so much fun. My room is so hard. Close the window. <laughs> I'm, literally, I'm, I'm literally like, it looks like I'm sweating. I'm nervous, but I'm, I'm literally just like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be like, just take my shirt off. Like, hey, what's the podcast? <laughs> it's just...